Hello, friends, and welcome to the Carolyn Whitico Art Podcast, where we talk all things art, business, travel, creativity, and inspiration. Today, we're going to talk about pricing your artwork, what to do and what not to do. But first, our life update. So, as you know, I just left Florida and took a three-day road trip all the way back up to Michigan, which was really nice. I did it solo, which I usually do. I rented a car and packed everything into it. It was extremely packed. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I made a little video of how to pack and prep for a road trip. It was a really good one. You'll see how packed our car actually was. (laughs) Me and my dog, Bjorn, drove up by ourselves and I drove up through Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, Virginia, Ohio, and then to Michigan. The biggest stop I made was probably in the Carolinas. So I stopped in Rock Hill, which I think was actually South Carolina, and it was extremely cute. So I slept just outside of that. And then I woke up the next morning and went to Rock Hill. It was a very cute, historic downtown area. I got some coffee in this little French France-themed restaurant, this little cafe. And then I actually did go and drive around Charlotte for a bit, which was the biggest city nearby. Very cute city. I didn't really stop, but I did drive around and sightsee and see what type of city it is. It's really interesting the different cultures um, each city has, each, and even the surrounding rural areas each area has as well. Really changes state by state based on the landscape and the type of people who live there. So it was just really cool. And then my GPS took me on the back roads through Ohio, which was really cool too. I went through some Amish towns. And yeah, that was awesome. I'm back here in Michigan. I did actually, as soon as I got here to the Detroit area, I spent about two years settling into my house and then, or two days, two years, Jesus Christ, spent about two days settling into my house. And then I packed up and went on a little weekend trip for Memorial Weekend to my friend Nikki's grandpa's cabin, which is up by Chippewa Lake. So I just spent about four days up there. Very, very cute area. I have never been up there before. Normally for my Memorial Weekends, my family will go up to our property, which is kind of closer to Houghton Higgins Lake. So it was kind of, it was like an hour away from there. My family did, of course, still go up to our cabin and they went fishing for opening day. And I went to my friend Nikki's cabin and said it was really refreshing, a nice change of pace. It was cool to get to reconnect with her too, because obviously I haven't seen my friends in a few months. So It was nice. And now I am back in Michigan in the Detroit area and I will be staying here for quite a while. I don't have any trips planned for at least a month. So I will be settling in and getting to work because as you guys know, traveling does take away from work time. So I feel a little bit behind and I'm ready to get back into the business side of my art business. Which brings me to my next life update, which is extremely exciting. If you have been following me a while, you have maybe been waiting for this because I only open it about once a year. So it's kind of a rare occasion when I do. So I'm excited to announce that Elements of Art Style will be open from June 14th to June 26th. So that's when you can join. And Elements of Art Style is a class that helps you build your own signature art style. One that will allow your work to be easily recognized and it'll tie your creative brand all together. So before building my art style, my work was so disorganized. I had no visual coordination between my pieces and my business suffered a lot because of it. 
Clients didn't know what to expect from me. Customers would buy one piece but never become collectors, so they would never buy a second piece, basically, because all my pieces look so different that they just couldn't relate to any of the other pieces. They would like one and that would be it. And worst of all, I wasn't happy or satisfied when I looked at a portfolio of my work. These are all problems that I solved by intentionally crafting my art style. After getting my shit together and finally achieving that unified appearance between all of my illustrations, I started actually attracting tons of amazing custom clients, my buyers became repeat collectors, I made more money, and best of all, I felt a sense of identity in my artwork that was really lacking before. And it started to actually feel like me. Like, I finally felt good when I reviewed my whole body of work. And that, to me, was the most satisfying part. And that was really when I started crafting my style. That was my goal, is I just wanted my art to reflect who I was as a person. I wanted to feel good when I looked at it. And I did achieve that, but I also achieved all these amazing things for my business and my money flow and all kinds of things, better services for my clients. I could go on and on about it, and I have gone on about it in a separate podcast episode if you want to go to the one that's titled Why You Want an Art Style. I have blog posts about it as well on acupofcloudy.com. But if you want this kind of transformation for yourself, don't sleep on it. Elements of Art Style is the exact seven-step method I use to create my style, and I only offer this class once a year. Just once, and that's very rare. So you have this two-week window to join. It's so, so, so worth it. It's $222 right now, which is an absolute steal. If you're interested in learning more, you can go to the previous podcast episode I mentioned. You can also check out my art style posts on acupofcloudy.com. Or if you want to cut to the chase, you can go to acupofcloudy.com slash study and scroll down to the elements of art style section. You can learn more about it there on the full sales page, or you can just jump ahead and buy in the shop. It's so worth it, and it is an email course, so all the classes will be emailed to you, like on a reminder, a timer reminder, um, once a week for seven weeks. However, when you go to it, it is all, all the videos are in one classroom. So if you wanted to binge it, you totally could, because I know people have different learning styles. So you can binge it, or you can paste it if you want. You have an unlimited amount of time that you have access to these videos. So if you wanted to take way longer, you can do that as well. So all the details are online. Go ahead and check that out. This is a super huge opportunity for you if you wanted to set your summer off right. If you need a makeover for your art portfolio, this is for you. Okay. With that all said, let us get into our actual topic of the day, which is pricing your artwork. This is a touchy topic that I felt like I needed to bring to the podcast because a lot of newer artists always ask me about it, and it is the one that is, it truly doesn't have a lot of rules around it, and I think that's why I get so many questions about it is because there's no real set way to do it. And I do want to preface this by saying I'm not going to give you a formula. I'm not going to give you, like, a surefire way to price your work because the truth is is that pricing is very personal and the only hard mathematic factor involved is is it profitable which is the very most important thing that you need to know when pricing your work is is it profitable so the equations or the formulas that people try to give you really focus on this profitable aspect and that's cool so if you want to follow those like weird 
charge five dollars per square inch or charge per the detail and like those to me honestly when I would read that made me feel so overwhelmed I don't love math I don't love having to calculate every time I finish a painting I just hated that it felt bad to me and then I always felt like the prices were so high and I didn't want to charge as much as those formulas would tell me to charge so I'm going to give you a more fluid roadmap to pricing here that I think will really help you a lot. But I do want to acknowledge that those formulas have about three sections in them that I think are worth noting, and I'm going to discuss them as well. And those sections are materials, time, and reputation. So they don't always use the word reputation, but this is what they mean. So I'm going to go through materials first. Materials are analyzed first because it is the highest actual cost of making the artwork. You have to buy shit to make art before you sell it. So you spend money before you're going to make the money. This is why hobbyists spend money and they never make any money. That's why they say if you're not making money in your art business, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. It's because hobbies are expensive. They cost money. So when you buy your canvases and you buy your paints and you buy whatever else you use for your craft, you're going to be losing money up front. These are costs that you need to recoup in your pricing. So for instance, if I buy a large canvas that is 50 bucks, I know right then and there I will not be charging less than 50 bucks. And then I buy a tube of paint and I end up using the whole tube of paint and the paint was like 12 bucks. Now I've made it up to 62 bucks that I have to charge for this painting. So that I like to call the break even number is your cost. So any costs that you have accrued in making this painting, that's your break even number. And you usually want to add some money on top of that as well so you make a profit. So the goal here is to make a profit. So for me, if I were to be, okay, I spent $62 making this painting, I'm going to add, I don't know, maybe like 30 bucks just because I want to make a $30 profit on this painting. A lot of people here in this zone will add time. So this is where we're going to talk about the section of time. People will, after their materials, say, okay, well, to make this $62 painting, I spent 20 hours on it. And they'll say, well, I would like to make at least $10 an hour. Okay, so then they're going to add 200 bucks. So $20 an hour times 10, 200 bucks. So 200 bucks plus that 62, so it's going to be 262. Maybe we'll round it up to 270 because it's a cleaner number. And that's how much you would charge for that painting. That's a good price. I like that price. But what I'm saying is you can charge anywhere from like, you know, adding your $30 profit and having that, not considering your time, or considering your time and charging that higher price. Both of those prices I consider to be good. However, if you are running a true business, not a side hustle, you're going to want to go with the one that considers your time more because your time is money. So when I first started my art business, it was really a side hustle. I had a day job. I was making a full-time income. I didn't need to consider my time and I didn't really want to consider my time because the truth is, is I was going to be spending my time doing that whether or not I was selling it at all. So I chose not to consider my time as much. And because of this, I did undercharge a bit. Was I making a profit? Yes, I was. So I was in the green zone. However, my time was very undervalued. So I undervalued my time. 
And this is where it gets mucky for artists and where they are really underselling themselves and undercharging is in their time. So I did this as well. If you are a hobbyist and you just want to recoup the costs of your materials, you can choose that break-even number. If you are... So this is another reason. Let me get into this for a second. This is another reason I didn't consider my time is because I don't actually sell originals. I sell reproductions. So when I make a painting, it is watercolor first. You know, I sketch watercolor, digital paint, and then I have a digital file as my original. And I don't really do NFTs, so I really don't do originals. All of my artwork that I sell is a reproduction, either as a print, I put it on a mug, I make calendars, etc. I don't consider my time as much because I make one painting and I can sell it an infinite amount of times as prints. If I have 300 people who want to buy that painting as a print, I will sell it 300 times. So for originals, consider your time more. You're going to want to go with that $270 price tag more as opposed to someone who does reproductions. And you can maybe do just, oh, I want a $30 profit on that painting because I'm going to have a $30 profit on it once, twice, three times, four times, five times, as many times as you can sell it you're gonna have that same $30 profit, even though you only spent time on it one time. So your time is really heavily dependent on how you work, on how your process is. And this is another reason I hate to give a formula because just because my print is maybe 12 feet by 12 feet long, which would be a crazy print, but I'm not gonna charge by the inch for that because it's just a print and I can sell that a bajillion times. And I'm not going to, account for my time because I spent time on it once and I can sell it a bajillion times. So those factors really do depend on how you sell and what you make. If you're making originals, these hard formulas might be more fitting for your art business. I, however, prefer reproductions so that I don't have to decide, oh, do I want to make $10 an hour or do, because truthfully, I want to make at least $25 an hour, which means the cost of my paintings would go up considerably. My prints are 8 by 11. I'm not going to charge that time every time someone buys it because I feel that that would be excessive because it's reproduction. So consider these when you are pricing. The next thing I do want to say is that emotions should be taken out of the pricing. And this is really, really hard for artists to comprehend because we do pick favorites. <laughs> we don't like to say that we do, but we totally do. And I will be the first to admit that my personal favorites are not my customer's favorites. So because I do make reproductions and I sell things multiple times, I know which ones are the popular favorites because they will sell lots and lots and lots of them. And sometimes they're not my favorites. So my favorites sometimes never sell. Sometimes I sell maybe 10 of them and then that's it, right? So you don't want to bring emotions into it because how you feel about the painting is not how your customer will feel about the painting. This is also why I encourage artists to sell work even if they don't like it because art is subjective and just because you don't like it doesn't mean other people won't like it. Okay, so take emotions completely out of this. If you make prints that are like me, 8 by 11 I price every print the same. Whether it took me a million hours to make it, whether it took me 20 minutes to make it, I price them all the same because it's the same value for the customer. And I can sell it an infinite amount of times. 
So all my prints currently right now are $27. And I think that's a fair price because I do make a profit off of that when I consider my materials, the ink use, my printing costs, the paper, my watercolor supplies, watercolor paper, brushes, etc. When I consider all of my material costs, my break-even cost, and then I add profit on top, I make profit on each one, but I don't really consider my time. All of these factors are very fluid, except for materials. I do want to make that clear, except for materials are not fluid. Um, and materials, I also would like you to consider shipping in this. So a lot of artists will undercharge because they forget about shipping and handling costs. So in my materials, I think about all of my watercolor, my sketching, my watercolor paper, my printing costs, but I also consider my packaging costs. So those waterproof slips that I put in, any promotional things that you put in your packages when you send them, like business cards, the actual mailers I send it in to make sure that the prints don't get bent, and the actual fee that I pay to the post office, those all go into that first material cost that I call the break-even cost. So then when you add on your profit on top, you know that your profit, I think my profit on my prints is maybe like, depending on where I ship it, like 15 bucks, right? So you really want to have a decent profit. And for me, that's a good profit margin because like I said, they're reproductions. I sell them as many times as people would like to buy them. So that feels good for me. However, if you are experiencing certain things like super high demand, then maybe you will want to raise your prices. Or if you are experiencing things like losing money because you are not covering your material costs, then maybe you need to redo the math. Maybe next time you go pick up craft supplies, you should actually look at that receipt and see how much you're spending. Keep a record. I keep a record of every purchase I make in my business and every expense and every time I make money as well. I write it all down. So maybe you should write that down and see how much are you actually spending on those materials so that you know what your break-even cost is. So you could add real profit on top, whether it's just based on I want to make 15 bucks profit or I want to count for my time as well. So I do want to tell you a story that I think will really help you if you have been emotionally pricing. This is something that happened to me that was a huge confidence booster. I used to sell my prints for $10. This was not profitable, um, but it's what I did because I was pricing emotionally. I didn't feel confident. I didn't really have a great art style going on. I was still experimenting with markers and watercolors and acrylics and I was just starting to make prints. I sold prints and originals and I really had a lot going on basically. I remember I was doing this show in Chicago. So this was a big deal for me because it was my very first show out of state. I remember I recruited a bunch of people. I sold a bunch of tickets for this event and I convinced a lot of people to come so that I could even get into the show, right? Because it had like a ticket requirement, a marketing type of requirement. So I got into the show. I was accepted. I was so excited. I drove all the way down there. I spent a whole weekend down there. I remember there was a guy. So I'm at this, I'm at this show in Chicago. It's about halfway through the night, right? So I've got maybe a few drinks in me. I'm starting to feel chatty with customers, which is really nice. It's when I get my flow on. (laughs) 
And this guy comes up and he is buying a print for me. And I was talking to him. And I remember the print too, because it was something that I just doodled. It was done in marker. Like I said, it was before I had established my art style. So it was done in marker and it was inspired by a tool song. It said, free yourself from yourself with two bottles of poison on it. And I don't sell this print anymore because it doesn't match my art style, but it is one that is near and dear to my heart because what he said when he bought it was, you are grossly undercharging. He's like, you don't know what value or how much this piece means to me. Like, I need, I need this piece. And he bought the print and he paid me 20 bucks for it which I was charging $10 at the time. I didn't even have an online store at the time. I didn't have an email list. I had nothing. I was just doing art shows as a side hustle and grossly undercharging and I had no confidence, no art style. And I was really kind of just doing this for fun. Um, and he paid me double my asking price. And that to me was a huge sign that I really was valuing my work less than other people were valuing it. That people were willing to pay more than I was wanting to charge. And it it's one of those things where you just can't see it and other people can see it. You know, it's like why people get life coaches or therapists or why they have others critique their artwork is because sometimes you're just blind to your own self. You're blind to your own behavior. And this really opened my eyes to my own behavior, my own pricing habits and my work. And I honestly, after that show, so I kept the pricing throughout that show. And immediately when I went home, I decided to raise my prices to $20. So I made all my prints $20 at every show after that from there on. And then later on, I, I switched it to 27 which I have recently been thinking about um, upping the price again because that was uh, many years ago and I really haven't raised my prices again. But... So I just wanted to share that story with you because it really meant something to me. And if you've ever had an experience like that, I want you to immediately go home and raise your prices. Because if someone is without prompting, without you asking for it, willing to pay you more, you need to be charging more because your your work is worth more than you think it is. So quit pricing with emotion and let your customers tell you what they're willing to pay. So another thing that I do with my custom work is every year I raise my prices by $25, no matter what, because I know my skill goes up. I get a lot of experience every year. And so every year on the dot, New Year's Day comes around, I raise my prices by $25. And I told myself, well, when maybe I quit getting custom clients because my prices are too high, because, you know, that's a fear you have, an emotional pricing thing that we all do. Oh, if I charge too much, they won't buy it. So I just said, well, when people stop buying custom portraits from me, I'll quit raising my prices. Well, guess what? It's been many years and I still get great amount of clients every single year, no matter how high my prices get. And they're getting pretty high these days, but people still think that it's worth it. And so people still buy it. Maybe you want to try this tactic, like, okay, I'll just raise it this much and if people quit buying, then maybe I'll bring it back down. But I guarantee you people won't quit buying because the likelihood of you undercharging is very high. Most artists undercharge. So make sure you have that break-even price with your materials. Add time in if you are producing original artwork. That makes time important. If you're doing reproductions, you don't really have to consider your time, in my opinion. Don't price emotionally because your customers will tell you 
that you are undercharging because you likely are. The next thing I want to talk about is your reputation. This one is a more advanced pricing technique, but I do want to bring it up because you will run into it eventually. When you start to make a name for yourself, you can charge more just because of your name. So for instance, <clears throat> someone like a Jeff Koons or a Banksy or whatever, these types of people can charge basically an infinite amount of money for their artwork just because they have a recognizable name and they have a big reputation. It doesn't matter if their artwork is skilled, if it took them a long time, if it's scribbled on a napkin and their material cost is literally zero. If you have a big reputation, you can charge an infinite amount of money. And I want to bring this up to you, especially in tandem with the undercharging aspect, because artists always undercharge. And especially when you get a reputation, you will become a chronic undercharger if you don't value that part of yourself, that part of your art career. Your reputation brings value in itself. Someone will feel proud to own a scribble on a piece of paper from you if you have a big reputation. Think about celebrities and their autographs. People pay good money for random objects with celebrities' autographs on them. It's the same sentiment. It's because your identity, your reputation makes anything you make collectible. It makes it like a historical item, basically. And this adds more value. So you will need to raise your prices if this happens to you. So this is something that I don't do. I don't consider myself like a reputable artist. I have gotten into galleries. I've done like solo shows. I've done things, but I don't actually have a reputation. Like if you name drop me somewhere, people aren't going to know who I am. Okay. So this is something that is more high level, but it is worth noting because when you get here, you will want to raise your prices a lot. And don't feel like you're overcharging because, like I said, someone like Banksy can charge millions and millions of dollars for something dumb as hell, like graffiti on a paper box, okay? So don't feel like you're overcharging if you get to this point. And honestly, a lot of people do raise their prices just based on their products being unique. So uniqueness or rarity will bring value as well, just like reputation will. So the reason why reputation raises your prices so much is because you become higher in demand. So because you're famous, more people are paying attention to you. Whenever you drop a new product or a new piece of artwork, there's more people who want to buy it and it makes it scarce. The scarcity or this uniqueness, this one-of-a-kindness makes it more expensive. This is also why originals cost more than reproductions because they are more unique, more scarce. It's one-of-a-kind. So if the things that you make are more rare, you can up the cost as well. So for me, my prints are all unlimited. I make an unlimited amount of them. However, I do number the first five that are to be sold. So these will be like the limited ones, the ones that are actually worth money if I do gain a reputation, become famous or whatever, will be these top five that are numbered because they are the rare ones. They're the first ones. And the rest of them, unnumbered, are just they could be the 300th, they could be the 300,000th, people don't know because I didn't bother to number them. So rarity plays a factor, but I do group that in with your reputation as well because if you're a nobody, nobody knows who you are, you're not good at marketing, making an original doesn't mean that you can charge $200,000 for it just because it's one of a kind. You know what I'm saying? It really does depend on that reputation as well. 
All right, so that is my my uh, very fluid guide to pricing. <laughs> I do want to let you know that pricing, the most important part of it is to just set a price. Set a price, make sure that it's profitable, make sure you're above the break-even point and you are profitable. Those are the most important things, but just set one. Not having a price isn't helping you sell the painting. Undercharging isn't helping your art business. If you're not making a profit, you have a hobby. And I just really want to encourage you to to just don't be scared of pricing. It's not scary. It doesn't matter. People put a lot of weight onto what number they put next to their painting. And it's really not that important. People buy your artwork if they like it. People are going to buy your artwork if they like it, period. If it's $400 or if it's $40, if someone wants it, they're going to get it. And I used to undercharge because I would think, oh, if it's 400 bucks, people wouldn't be able to afford it. But that was me projecting because I could not at that time afford a $400 piece of artwork. So don't project your money scarcity or your doubts or your opinions on your artwork on your customers because they likely aren't feeling the same way. So this is your permission slip to just add that price, flaunt that price, tell people your price, make sure that it's listed, and don't put too much pressure on it because if somebody wants it, they will buy it. Okay, I hope you guys have loved this long rant on pricing. <laughs> I kind of went on a tangent on this one, but I know that it will be helpful for you. If you liked this podcast, make sure to rate and review and tell your friends about it as well because that's how I grow the podcast. I don't put ads on the podcast and I also don't run ads for the podcast elsewhere. So I do rely on your word of mouth and sharing with your other artistic friends so we can grow our art community here on the Carolyn Whitaker Art Podcast. So thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in elements of art style, don't forget, go ahead on a cupofcloudy.com slash study and check out that class. It is a game changer. I promise you it transformed my portfolio and my art business all at the same time. So check that out and thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.